<laughs> All right. And um, I don't think I've prayed in this group, so I'm going to go ahead and, and offer the opening prayer, and we'll, we'll go ahead and get started. Dear Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for our many blessings and grateful for uh, our great friendship that we have in this group. We, we pray that thy spirit may be with us as we study Isaiah this night, that we may be inspired and edified one with another, that we may um, learn new insights and uh, be able to uh, discuss and, and understand the, the material presented here in chapter 9. We're so grateful for Abraham and his uh, preparations and, um, and writing. Uh, that has helped us understand Isaiah's ladder better, and we pray uh, moving forward that we may have the inspiration and dedication to, to learn and glean from the actual words of Isaiah as we uh, go to study uh, his words. We're so grateful for prophets and for their divine guidance in showing us the way to return to heaven. We're grateful for the plan of salvation in our, our Savior Jesus Christ who makes this all possible. As we pattern our lives after him and hear him, we pray that we may uh, bring down the, the powers of heaven uh, in our lives and the lives of those around us so that we may build Zion together. We're so grateful for all of our many blessings, Father, and we say these things this night in the, the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. So now back to chapter 9. So I thought that this was like a perfect kind of um, ending chapter. Um, yes, it did summarize a lot of uh, the concepts and principles, but it also presented some some even new information there as well. Um, kind of opposite of uh, the Abraham book, the Abraham book just kind of put a nice little bow on on the whole book uh, versus this one that's, that's still <laughs> trying to, to flood us with, with information. I, I love that about Avraham's writing style. Um, what was one thing that, that really stood out to you this week in the reading or, or something that was new, uh, a new insight or a new spin on, on an old truth? Um, just kind of throwing that, that question out there generally for anyone that would like to answer. Um, for me, I'm trying to find what page it's on all of a sudden, I can't find it. Anyway, the, the Pyramid of Giza. I had never studied this before, and I thought that was very interesting on page 337. So that, that Great Pyramid of Giza is actually a motif of the um, Isaiah's Ladder to Heaven, or, or Jacob's Ladder, um, that you start off with the Chamber, uh, chamber of Chaos and, and work your way up to the, the king's chamber, and you have to pass the same kinds of tests, etc., that you would on Isaiah's ladder. I found that very interesting. Um, yes, we know that there's lots of different world religions that, that have uh, truths and uh, correct principles of uh, God's plan, but um, I had never pulled it to the pyramids before. Uh, that was never even a consideration for me, so I found that was uh, a very fun insight. Um, into to sacred architecture and how it mirrors our sacred architecture. We can kind of learn more about our temples from, from studying the pyramids of Giza. Anything else that, that anybody wants to share about uh, what they learned this week? Cameron, what page was that on? Uh, 337, I believe. I just, put, yeah, 337. 
I found it very interesting on uh, that that picture or that figure there um, with the chamber of chaos and that uh, little chasm or whatever they call it um, that, that drops down into perdition. And just all of the little intricacies of uh, that internal structure of that pyramid is interesting. Well, um, I was just gonna say, I've been to the pyramids of uh, Giza and gone inside them. And I thought it was pretty interesting because there's a lot about Egyptology and Mormonism that are uh, similar. And this is just another example of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Was that um, kind of in those, those same tours with, uh, was that Ogden or, or Skinner? I can't yeah. remember. Ogden. I went over with Dan Clay Ogden and Keith Galworth. Uh -huh. Right. Super fun. So why do you think that we have sacred architecture? Why do we need that pattern? Um, why have the ancients uh, built houses to the Lord? Why do we build houses to the Lord in specific ways that mirror the plan? Why, what, what's the, the purpose of it? Especially when it's not necessarily openly taught. Like when we go to the temple for the first time, they don't go and, and say, okay, now here's all this, what this room represents, and this is what this room represents, and, and here's all the tie-ins. It's just kind of there for us to, to look at and, and learn why, why do you think we, we have that throughout the ages? Well, number one, it represents a place, I can't remember what it's called, where heaven meets earth and we can commune with the Lord. So it's a sacred point. Um, it's a place where we can be taught sacred things. And it's also done as a reminder and of how we can become like Heavenly Father. I wish I could remember, Bruce Porter did an amazing video. Um, I think it's, it's called something about the book of Abraham, but he talks about all about the Egyptian temples and how they, the writing on it, you'll be going, oh my gosh, the hieroglyphics. Um, boy, is that familiar? Um, but, you know, coming from, um, was it Ham that married Egyptus? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Ham had gone to the temple and been taught, but he didn't have the right, right? He didn't have the priesthood, but he wanted to teach his people. And so all of those Egyptian temples mirror uh, the Lord's temples, even though, or all the, all the pyramids, the temples, they all mirror it because he, he wanted to teach his people. He just didn't have the authority. And so, you know, things went astray, but um, that's a really, really good, it's on YouTube, Bruce Porter, I think it's called the book of Abraham, but it's a, it's an access point where heaven and earth commune together. Yeah, exactly. Um, if you'll listen to the commentary for chapter one of Isaiah from Abraham, 
there's a point in there. I can't remember exactly where it's at. It's like about midway through. Um, I was just listening to it the other day. And that's why it comes to mind. Um, but he says that Isaiah in, in chapter one, he's kind of, the, the Lord is, is expressing his frustration with his people that they come to me and, and offer the, their oblations, meaning they, they offer their sacrifices, but um, it's, it doesn't mean anything. I'm tired of it because it's done without, um, without the right intent or uh, without the full purpose. And, and Avraham makes a, a stunning statement in there that, I don't know, it caught me off guard. And he's like, that's why the temples get taken away in the end times, because people aren't going there to meet God in, in the right way. We, we go for proxy work, but not to meet God. And, and because of that, the, the temples get taken away. And I was like, that took me a while to, to wrestle with. But I found that very interesting, that as we look at sacred architecture, it's mirroring how we get to God. And then if we, we follow the pattern that, that's in the architecture, then we can actually meet him in the temple kind of a thing. Yeah, Cindy. Takes me a minute to unmute myself. Um, I was just thinking, I, I think too, um, as, we, as we really study the gospel and, and you know, study about climbing the ladder and, and everything that we're supposed to do and, and God, and as we see similarities in so many different things, um, you know, the architecture and I mean, I, it seems like since we've been studying the ladder, I can see levels in everything, um, rainbows, you know, just all kinds of things you can see. And, and I think to me, it just is a testimony to me of the, of God. And I think that as we learn and more about him and grow closer to him, and we notice more of these things, it's just, uh, it just manifests his love for us and that he's real and he's really there and because he's unchanging. And um, anyway, for me, it just is a testimony of, of the reality of God and his love for us. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. It, it seems like uh, even down to, to numbers and colors and, and shapes, like you mentioned the rainbow, uh, you know, that's in a seven part structure as well. Uh, we have mm -hmm. sevens everywhere. And every time that there's a seven, it's kind of about that, that, that completeness or the process to heaven. Um, anyway. Yeah. Very, very insightful. Um, well, is it really possible for us to ascend this level to the seventh level in this life like that just seems overwhelming and we learned that isaiah did we learned the prophets did is it possible just for us i mean i i read the doctrine and covenants and dnc 93 one where it says that it is possible for us to see the lord but i think this is even more than that Mm -hmm. Yeah, define even more than that. I think it's our our role in in um in our progression. It's not just seeing the face of the Lord. Gotcha. Yeah. 
yeah, I'm going to open that one up to, to everyone else. Is it possible? What, what do we do? <laughs> I'm reading a book right now. Um, have y'all heard of um, Following the Light of Christ? Following. Interesting. Uh, it's by um, John Pontius. Uh -huh. Following yeah. the Light of Christ into His Presence. Um, you should read that book. Have you read it yet? I have, yeah. No, I, the, uh, I can't ever say your name. Alethea. Alethea. <laughs> I know I have a couple of his books on my um, Audible. Okay. And I don't remember if I have that one or not. That one's on Audible. And um, I think we can. I think that it takes time. And I've, this is my, I think, second or third time reading it. And there are so many, like moments where I'm like, oh, I'm getting it. Like it's line upon line, you know? And he even talks about that in this book. It's like, there's there's the, the ladder, right? And I really do feel like we're kind of like up one step, back two step, you know, like we're, or two steps forward, one step back. I feel like that's part of the journey, but I do think that it is possible. I think that we need to give ourselves grace and trust that the Lord can fill in the gaps. Oh, those are my thoughts. Thank you. I'm gonna look on my Audible and see if I have it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if not, it's a great investment. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think it's 100% um, possible. You know, we have the the seven part ladder, the the top being Jehovah himself and everything. And I don't think that we get to the seventh level here in this life, but uh, the highest sixth of seraphim, I think, is attainable and um, not. What's the right word? Not we're not commanded to do it, but we are to um, to seek the mysteries kind of thing, and that uh, lends itself to to that sixth level. I think. I just keep wondering, like, do we all have? Are we all put in these situations where we will play these roles? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I guess that's why I'm wondering, like, like really, and I don't have that. I don't think it, I think you said it's not available on Audible and I don't have it. So I'll have to buy it, but I may have it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I'm just wondering, like, do we all get in those, have opportunities to be in those roles? And I don't think it's like that we, that men all have to be the prophet. I don't, I don't think that, but I just don't, I don't know. And maybe in these end times, oh, as things begin to degrade, that we'll have opportunities to step into those upper level roles. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I think that that's one of the, the main things that I, I learned from this book is why the tribulations play out the way they do is to provide the decent phase for the ascent for many of, uh, of God's children. But also along that same line, I think it's all down to, to personal revelation. Um, we are able to ascend, but in different ways, and we all have different missions to perform, etc. And that's where we rely heavily upon our patriarchal blessings and um, continuing guidance from uh, from God in order to to step into those roles when we're um, 
able and willing and, and meant to kind of a thing. And is anyone else afraid of the descent? <laughs> I used to be. Because <laughs> you really don't know how bad it's going to be, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like my descent is every day. <laughs> every day. I'm a little, you know, like, but then there's other days I do really good. So I think, I think that like the saying, the biggest fear or the biggest problem, or I don't know how it goes, but fear is the biggest problem, right? So if you can get over the fear of it, like the fear of not being able to accomplish it or the fear of it not happening or whatever, if you can get over that fear, then I think you're one step closer. So, and the discouragement too. Like I know that Satan likes to work on me with the discouragement of like, oh, I, you know, I messed up again or I, I didn't fulfill, you know, I'm not perfect, but what I'm finding is God, all he really does, he, like uh, the talk uh, by Holland, God only has imperfect people to work with. So he works with us, you know, he, the, the Lord appreciates effort. And I think that that's where he knows our heart and he knows our effort is there. And I think when, when we give him our heart and our effort, that's when we get to rely on the savior to fill in the gaps. And I, and I love that, you know, uh, this book has taught us that we, we are capable and we can do it. And there is expectations of us and that we need to fulfill those expectations and finding out, asking the Lord, what is my mission on this earth? Is it to affect as many people as I can and then go on to the next? Or is it to be here to usher in the second coming and usher in going to Zion? I think that it's really important that we ask those questions and search for, seek, seek answers and we'll find it. We'll find the answers. I was, I was thinking about that same thing the other day about, you know, <laughs> how imperfect, um, well, you know, you think about yourself, how imperfect I am and how am I ever going to do this? And, and that day I happened to be reading in second Nephi and I read, I think it was chapter four where, um, where Nephi is, is just saying uh, how imperfect he is, but how much he loves the Lord and how, you know, he relies on the Lord. And that was exactly what I needed to hear that day. So um, anyway, if, if you ever want to really get a pick me up and, <laughs> you know, that, that it's okay to not be perfect because that, that's a really good chapter to read. So highly recommend that. <laughs> it helped me anyway. All right, mother, I do, anything? I, do, I do like on page 323. Sorry, my daughter called me from BYU, Idaho. She always drives home on Wednesday night from work at Idaho Falls. And I'm like, I'm in my book club. Anyways, <laughs> I do like on page 323, that second line from the top that it says, like the prodigal son, when God's people come to themselves and realize who they are, God welcomes them back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think that, that that was huge. I had a whole side study just on the prodigal son based on, on that principle right there. It just opened up my eyes to, to lots of different things and the structure that Luke is giving there um, with that parable. I find that so intriguing. Actually, I, I should have kept reading because it says he welcomes them back and appoints them as kings and priests. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think 
Cameron and Alethea, I think that's part of the descent phase when we've come to the, because I read a book that was not an LDS book, but it was so good. It was called The End of Me. And it's when you realize you come to yourself realizing that you're not, like it said in a previous chapter, I think that we're not the center of the universe. God is. And we're not, you know, we're not perfect. And we are never going to be perfect without God's help. And I think when we, we are humble enough and realize we are broken and realize who we are, but we have the capacity to be like God if we rely on God. And I, I just thought that was an interesting statement that he made when we come to ourselves. You know, I thought there's a lot different ways you could take that statement. But mm-hmm. um, I just thought it was really telling. I mean, I kind of studied that, tried to study that a little bit, but I didn't get to finish the study on that phrase. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was good. Yeah, for sure. Um, while we're on that page there, um, I really liked the different literary patterns of different uh all of a sudden, uh, my mind went like patterns of different civilizations, I guess you'd say. So like on page 322 and 323, uh, it talks about the uh, narrative pattern of the Egyptians, which is pre-exilic, exilic, and post-exilic. And then we have the um, national, universal, and individual pattern. And then we have the Ugaritic pattern of threat, war, victory, and feast from the Baal myth, which mirrors the apostasy, judgment, restoration, salvation. And then from the Mesopotamian things, we we see three tests of loyalty. And to me, it just puts all of this in uh, a new light where Isaiah, there's no way that just one man could write something so perfectly in so many different languages or or patterns. And, just it's so multi-layered and so multifaceted you know we see many different uh, evidences coming to light of the the truthfulness of the book of mormon right that there's no way that joseph smith could have just invented this and i think that this is the same with isaiah there's no way that isaiah could have just in, invented this or uh, it, just being different authors or or all of the different arguments against the prophet isaiah and his works but um just that it works and flows so smoothly on so many different levels. There's chiasms and intricacies that, that we just don't even fully comprehend, I don't think. But um, I, I just loved that all of these pieces fit together and why they're all written for our day. And yet our day is kind of blind to, to Isaiah. I mean, we, we hit that those chapters in the Book of Mormon and just stop or, or, or skip past them. Um, we, we just skip over it a lot of times in Sunday school. There might be a, a little bit of a lesson around Isaiah, but we just kind of laugh and joke and, and pass it off. But really, all of this was for us. And, and if we'll take the time to study it, um, this inspired work, then um, then the, the blessings that it contains are ours. It's like, you'll never get the batch of cookies if you never put together the recipe. Um, uh, 
but you have to read the recipe first in order to do it and, and shop around and, and get all of it together and, and put it in the right way. But how many of us just don't take time? And so I'm super excited that, that we're, we're going to be diving into the actual words of Isaiah, putting this all together um, with this framework now that we have, um, really pulling all of that um, fun <laughs> recipe out of, out of the scriptures. I think it's going to be so fun. Cameron, like um, President Nelson's always telling us, the Lord loves effort. Mm -hmm. And that's if you're willing to, to uh, seek out what Isaiah is talking about, and then you reap the blessings from it. Yeah, for sure. So while you're unmuted, let, let's, let's dive into you. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> I think it's always great. Uh, not that I, because I can just pick on my mom. I'm not going to pick on everyone else. But um, when we start really implementing the things that we're learning and, and trying to learn and grow, I think that it's good to, to learn from each other. So um, like decent phases and, and tests and trials and, and all of that, what have you learned in the past, I don't know, month or, or two months that has really made you grateful for this book and, and for the insights that it's given? And how do you see that playing out in the future now that you've learned these things moving forward? That's a tall order, I'll, I'll wait. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I can't remember which group I share what with. Um, maybe I've said these things already, but when we were back on the uh, Babylonian level, I think chapter three, yeah. um, I took that question to, to the Lord. I asked Heavenly Father, like, um, do I have any idols? Am I worshiping idols that I shouldn't be worshiping? And, and he told me and instructed me all through the whole process. He knew I was serious about it and helped me through that. It was a, that was a hard, hard thing there because I didn't even realize. But um, I had... I've done collections all my life, different collections, and had some beautiful things. And I, I loved them too much. And it was more about, um, I did things in excess. And I needed to clear out my life. And it, it was tough. And, it was, but he, and when I got ready to get rid of them, and he told me, where to take them and he directed me to a, a Desert Industries that needed extra help because of uh, refugees, they were, had an influx of refugees there. It was out of state and everything. I, but we made the trip with all these, I packaged them all up and took them. But after that whole process, even though that was just really hard, it was so freeing and I, I wouldn't go back to that and 
for anything. Um, Has your life gotten easier after that? No. <laughs> <laughs> but it has gotten better. <laughs> yes. And, um, and then as, which chapter was it? It's just very, very recent. Where we were learning about um, that all illnesses and sicknesses and that kind of stuff comes from... Um, covenant that all of those are covenant curses They're all covenant. illness and sickness is covenant curse covenant curses and and some of them are from yourself and some are for generational and i had a particular ailment that i deal with and so i asked heavenly father about that and wow i got a real surprise on that one and um uh, i kind of thought it must be generational because i didn't think i was breaking any covenants thing anyway i got my answer there and i'm working through that one now and, and it's a hard process it's not just easy once you hear him acting on it and, and, and changing and becoming is, is quite the difficult process, but, but your life's better, even though it's harder, right? I mean, it, it's this weird uh, fluctuation that, that, that we're starting to, to deal with and, and trying to, to help others understand that the principles that we're going through, you know, some of our family can kind of understand that some of them are like, whatever, we're just kooks, we're, we're the crazy ones, but like, Putting these things into practice and actually, you know, even going further and just implementing President Nelson's counsel to hear him, like actually hear him with the faith and the determination to act upon the, the things that we're receiving is life changing. I mean, everything is, it is gearing up and it's gearing up quickly. I mean, the Lord just keeps flooding things at us. I, <laughs> I, I don't know. If anybody else wants to, to to share things, they're more than welcome to. I, I don't want to like pick on anybody and make anybody uncomfortable, but um, I just think that as we start applying the things that we're learning and the principles um, in action, when we learn divine law and actually implement it, keep those divine laws, um, things really start changing very quickly in our lives. I just testify that. <laughs> And on this covenant thing, it's like, it's not like I would just out or out, you know, just, but it was, I was treating something too lightly. I, or, and anyway, but anyway, the, the thing of it is, is I've just really learned that just ask and, and He'll answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but be ready for be ready for a journal, a journey. I mean, if you if you want the answer. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, my mom and I are are kind of uh, I don't even know what you 
say it, but we're just kind of like, we have the, a buddy system going. So she tells me what I'm doing wrong and I tell her what she's doing wrong. And then we work things out. Like just today, she's like, ah, why am I experiencing this again? And I'm like, well, I don't know, let's research it. And we go through it all. But I don't know if I would be able to, to be smart enough to do my own on my own. I, I, I need another person to, to kind of see it how it is and, and tell it to me straight. And, and I think my mom would attest to the same thing. Like when I just point blank say, yeah, you're being dumb or <laughs> you're not seeing the full picture here, I, I, I can give it to you straight. I think that, um, that that is another testimony to Isaiah's latter pattern that, that it's all about buddy systems, right? I mean, we're, we're all helping each other and uh, there's really no way to, be ascend the, to ascend the ladder by ourselves, that, that it always requires others, whether on the same level or higher or, or whatever. Um, but we, we're all in this together. And, and I love that about this group that we're all learning these things and sharing our experiences. Um, anyway, sorry to take up so much time with that. <laughs> Well, what else from this chapter is wasn't um, that a conference talk he talked about asking your husband or wife or someone else what you can improve on yeah yeah i, I forget who it was but yeah yeah i can't remember either it was an apostle mm -hmm. all right what else there's there's so much in this chapter um I really loved on um, like page 329, 330, this idea of four physical phases and applying those to the latter, where we have childhood, adolescence, adulthood, and mature age, and um, where that goes Jacob through uh, Sarah on, on the levels of the latter. I just love the, the summary that it gives there on, on page 330, those, those paragraphs. Um, I think, let, let me just read those really quick and, and let's talk about um, the implications there. So, comes just a little bit. So on the Jacob Israel level, it resembles childhood and childish interests and youthful fancies, etc. cetera. Um, we depend on adults for our knowledge from the outside world, accepting implicitly their authority and seniority. And, and doesn't that really make sense as we are on the Jacob Israel level that we just often default to um, the prophets. We lean on their testimonies. Sometimes we, we don't bother gaining our own quite yet. Or um, anyway, it's just a, a, a childish mentality. But then we rise to the Zion Jerusalem level, which rep resembles adolescence because it's the soul's first awakening to the awareness of its power to act independent of others, to take responsibility for its own actions and decisions. Learning may be largely by trial and error as we begin to experiment with good and evil. I, I found that part of, uh, about Zion Jerusalem level the most intriguing. It's where we start waking. And, and if we've learned anything about 2020, that's when a lot of us started waking up to, to our, our situation and, and an awareness of our power to act independent. And then it's where we begin to experiment with good and evil. I don't know how many people I've talked to said that that's when they started realizing the the polarizing effect of, of good and evil in their lives, the 
the ability to hear God and the ability to to recognize Satan's influence in their life. I think that that's that that's key. It it, it makes so much sense there. On the son servant level, it compares with adults who take independence to the next level by getting married and raising children, uh, ministering unselfishly to one another, and then stepping up to the seraph savior level. They're like those of advanced age whose wealth and experience serve the younger generation that appeals to them for help. Their wisdom and counsel lend balance, stability to the extended family. The inheritance they leave behind forms an assurance of future security. Anyway, I just love that whole section. Uh, all of the, the different age groups that we have here on earth, they're even a pattern on, of the latter. And um, kind of our, our maturity as we, we grow up in our covenant path, I guess you could say. But yeah, I, I've talked way too much. Everybody else, what what fun things did you learn from, from this chapter or opening it up to, to the whole book? Where, What things have you learned? What can you apply? Uh, where do you go from here? Guys, if I'm not talking, it's really quiet. <laughs> I know. Sometimes I just get going because there's a little bit of silence. And then next thing you know, the whole class time is gone. <laughs> Have you guys recognized where you are on the ladder? Excellent question. I posed that to, to one of the groups the other night, too. Yeah, not that you have to share. I'm just curious. Yeah, starting the book, I thought I was, I thought I knew, but then now going through the whole book, now I know, and I was totally wrong before. <laughs> I don't know if that's anyone else's experience there. I really feel like I want a second book of this. <laughs> <laughs> like I want, I want more. I don't know. I don't know if anybody else feels that way, but it's like, no, I want more. Not, I don't know. I guess that's where I go to Heavenly Father and ask him. Have you seen his other book, The Becoming Kings and Queens? I have not. It's really good. Maybe I need to get that. Kind of like you're more that you need. Okay. It's that's it's a really good one. That's good to know. He has a bunch of books. I've, I think I have five or six of them. This is the only one that I've gone all the way through. But um, they're, I mean, it's just awesome. I think if I had read this book on my own, I don't think I would have gotten as much out of it as I have studying with you guys. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, same here. Yeah, I feel the same because I read it once through before we even started. And um, I got some out of it, but it wasn't until we actually started discussing week by week that I was like, oh, oh, that's what it meant. But yeah, so I've got all of his books here, and I've made it through like half of them. But the Kings <laughs> and Queens one that she is talking about is just a thin little read. Super great. Yeah, I'd highly recommend that one. 
Um, but the other one. I, I bought that blue one, but I accidentally bought it twice. <laughs> I do that sometimes. Um, but this one, the windows on the prophecy of Isaiah, I would say mm -hmm. is a good sequel. Of all of the books, that one's probably like a best sequel, I would say, to Isaiah Decoded. Um, but yeah, uh, as we go through and study the actual words of Isaiah, I think that we'll start um, seeing lots of different things uh, come to light because um, how many of us really dive into uh, like the story of Hezekiah or um, the different kings, Uzziah, and uh, the, all of the, the reign of the, the evil and the uh, wicked rulers of, of Jerusalem, etc. I think there's a lot to be said for, for studying those actual words and those stories out of the scriptures that will bring a whole new light to the application. I, um, all right. I, I bought a book by him called Modern Idolatry and the End of the World. And it's only like 56 pages, really a short read. But oh my goodness, just, you know, I haven't finished it, but boy, some of the chapter headings are just amazing starting off with idolatry and then you know the coexistence of true and false worship and worshiping images violence and sex pop music organized sports human idols i mean it just goes on and on mm -hmm. yeah it's an eye-opening one <laughs> i'm looking through this last chapter and the things that I highlighted and what's really cool I'm thinking about as I look is um, how so it's all connected to other things that I've read and you know there's so many connections um, and the just under learning about Isaiah and that he, he it's the gospel it's just harder to, he just explained it in a different way. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm, I guess I'm just have been surprised um, how much I'm trying to look for one. Um, I just was looking through here a little bit and there's one where it talks about basically uh, the trials that we have in our life are, you know, take, Neil A. Maxwell said our trials are tailor-made for us. And that is, Isaiah says that too, that we are going through the trials that we need to go through. And I don't know, this last chapter, it just really did a good job of pulling things together and connecting um, gospel principles with, like through the ages, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And it, that, I guess that was, not really surprising to me, but it's comforting. God never changes. Isaiah may say it in a way that is hard for us to understand, but it's exactly what the prophets are saying now. Mm -hmm. And um, I just love the very last sentence before the postscript. The joy of the saints, all who overcome evil, will in large measure consist of their common covenant bond knowing that all who set foot through heaven's gate have fought the same fight. Um, and I just think about all of us that are striving to keep our covenants and we're going to look around and go, oh yeah, I, 
I recognize you. You're very similar to me. We understand each other because we have fought the same fight and we've done this fight and here we are. And, you know, you can understand that um, uh, quote that they will fall on, it will fall on each other's necks and, you know, kiss each other because it's, it's recognizing that other person as somebody who fought the same fight you did and, and did, did it. We did it, you know, we did it. And I just, that was a beautiful way for him to end, end the book, I thought. Yeah, I love that. It was kind of like a reminiscent to me of like, uh, I don't know, I, I'm not too big of a geek, but Lord of the Rings, I, I do love that. Yeah. And, and when yeah. they come back to the Shire and yes, it's great. And, and the threat is gone, mm-hmm. yet it, there's something that's just not, you just can't live on on that simplicity anymore. I mean, because you've experienced the the fullness and stuff, and um, and then that uh, I don't know. It's just a, a fullness of, of joy after you've uh, experienced such depths of uh, of trial and, and everything. I, I don't know. That it's just kind of <laughs> I almost ended Isaiah decoded on on kind of like this Lord of the Rings kick. It was weird. <laughs> Well, it's just that recognition in each other. We did it. And I understand you. You understand me. And you don't even have to tell the whole story. You're just, yeah, mm-hmm. I know which I know. I know. <laughs> and uh, kind of going along with Alethea's question of, can you recognize where you're at on the ladder? Can you start recognizing where other people are at on their ladders? I, I think that that's becoming a lot easier for me to, to kind of pinpoint. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've tried a lot throughout my life to um, try to see others as God sees them. And and yes, I could do it before, but now I, I feel like I have superpowers with this kind of a background. It's like, oh no, I I, I can see you exactly how God sees you. I, I see where you're at on the ladder. I see your potential. I It, it, it just really opens up the vista into... To ministering to others how they really need to be ministered to kind of thing I don't, I don't know if that's the experience of everyone else but um I found that a huge blessing coming out of, of Isaiah sometimes I look I have friends who just really I feel like their whole life has been a descent face you have friends like that like they're such good wonderful humble people and they have just suffered setback after setback after setback and I'm like like why you know because I don't I don't feel like that in my life um and I wonder are my descents not as low or I don't think it's that Heavenly Father loves me more I know that's not true in fact sometimes I think it's because he loves them more (laughs) um but you know I don't I don't know like I I look back and I think have I really had many descents? If I really start thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, I think some of it is just a a positive attitude, but I also know I have not suffered the descent that some of my friends have where it's just, you know, um, I have one friend here and her husband, her husband's body produces kidney stones. He's had almost 200 kidney stones in the last 10 years. Um, and the last one, I don't know, a few years ago, one that he had 
made it so even when he doesn't have a kidney stone, he feels like he's passing one all the time. So they're both on disability. They have a daughter with severe anxiety and a son who's so autistic that they had to have afterlife care. You know, it's just like one thing after another, after living 20 years in their townhome, the, and they'd always paid their rent on time. They were told that the lease wouldn't be renewed. They had to find a new place. Now the place they're living is being sold. They don't have the money to buy a home. They're concerned. I mean, it's just like one thing after another. Now he feels like, and he's not very old. He's my age, that his heart is giving out and he just really needs to provide for his family. And they literally have nothing. And I just think, wow, that's a descent phase your entire life. Like, and yet they feel so blessed and they're so good. Like the things that I see him talk about are like things we're talking about, but he's not in our study group. Like, how did you learn? Like he's learning these things because of what he's going through, right? Both of them are learning it. And I just, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know if others feel like your descent is greater or if your descent isn't as much. If I don't know, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just saying it just seems that we're, that we're all different because mm -hmm. I guess it's tailor made for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely feel that too. Uh, looking back at my life, I'm like, I haven't really had any trials and so I'm like actively seeking after trials um but uh, then you ask my mom and my mom's like oh my gosh you've had some of the hardest ones but I, I don't see them as really hard ones but again it's not to like boast or anything but I think that there are some spiritual gifts that that help us bear those with greater ease because of of covenant keeping I but if I wasn't keeping the covenants, I definitely experienced times or, or periods in my life when I wasn't keeping the covenants and, and I did feel those more, more heavy on my back kind of thing versus now that uh, keeping the covenants, kind of the, the memory of how painful that was has just kind of passed. And, and I just don't really see them as huge trials. But um, I don't know, I, that, that's a hard conundrum to to tackle, especially when you see people around you just being mired with um, some difficult things to, to go with. It's the jobs around us, but yeah. then you keep waiting for the bright day and it feels like it doesn't come. Yeah. I was going to say that I'm really happy that Isaiah is so tough to understand because I think about when the Bible was translated originally. They probably left Isaiah alone and a couple other books that are really hard to understand. They left him alone. Yeah, and here we yeah. live in a day and age that we get to understand through incredible study from others like Abraham Gilead, um, what Isaiah really is all about. We start to start peeling away that onion and, and start to figure it out. And gosh, I'm just so happy that Isaiah is has not been altered and altered and altered. Uh, it's just something neat. And then the other thing, when you're talking about how we recognize each other, the only thing I can put that with is having been in the military, there's 
there seems to be a camaraderie there that once you go through those experiences that you kind of respect each other. And I think that's exactly what, I guess, Ross, what is it, Rosanne, right? Um, what she was saying. That, yeah. That, yeah, that's, that's how it's gonna be. For sure. That's how it's going to be with Enoch and his people. We we're going to we're going to recognize each other. That's what I kind of what I've been thinking about. Yeah, that's going to be so fun. And and if we're wanting to get there, we're going to have to go through some of those tribulations and descent phases that are crazy. But 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 like um, uh, Rossanne pointed out there, that, that last thing that that the joy of the saints, all who overcome evil will in large measure consist of their common covenant bond, knowing that all who set foot through heaven's gate have fought the same fight. I, yeah, it, it's just, there's that sense of like uh, brotherhood camaraderie. and uh, It's yeah. like the law of attraction in the DNC, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> Libby in the chat says, will be so awesome to meet with you all knowing we were working so hard together <laughs> yes <laughs> sometimes sorry um sometimes i i have like these weird not deja vu it's not at all but like some little um fantasy clips going on in my head or whatever of like going through the tribulations and all of this stuff and that oh i see like kathy barton here uh, when i meet up in, in Adam on Diamond and, and oh I see Alethea over here and uh, when I'm going on a mission over to Jerusalem or whatever you know like <laughs> I, I see all of you uh, group members and, and imagine what it's going to be like throughout um, uh, up until the judgment kind of thing you know like uh, little flashes of, of people that I've known and and become friends with and, and seeing how they're uh, taking um, our little group and, and, and kind of experiencing some of the things we studied about. I don't know. I kind of butchered that, but uh, exactly what Libby's saying there. <laughs> yeah, I I I know exactly what you're talking about, Cameron. I've pictured it too. Like mm -hmm. we're we're all in. It's all done, and we're wherever we are in this joyful. Oh, hey, you're from. Oh my gosh, it's you know. And there will be, and then there will probably. There will be people that have gone before. I mean, it's just going to be the most amazing family reunion, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just have to keep keeping my eye on Zion and 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 the millennium <laughs> and what that's going to be like, right? I wanted to share also one of my favorite scriptures because, you know, we always wonder, am I good enough? Am I doing what I need to do? And I know, like myself, all of you want to be here when the savior comes. And I just love this verse in third Nephi 10, 12, where it says, and it was the more righteous part of the people who were saved. And it was they who received the prophets and stoned them not. And it was they who had not shed the blood of the saints who were spared. And I just, I just think it doesn't say they were the righteous. It says they were more righteous. It's a, a comparison, right? And I, to me, that just gives me hope. And while, while we don't stone the prophets, um, literally, 
how many times do you see people that are angry? Oh my gosh, how many people were angry at President Nelson's talk about not keeping the faith and not trying hard enough? Isn't that stoning a prophet? And then they who had not shed the blood of the saints, you know, I just thought, how often do we not lift each other up we tr and we tear each other down? Is that not shedding the blood of the saints? And so learning how to minister and like you said, Cameron, see each other as God sees them rather than as we see them. I'm really struggling with the family in our ward right now. And I just, I need to remember that. Um, yeah, they're trying to make our ward a bilingual ward. And now every time the family talks, they say a sentence in English and a sentence in Spanish. And then this testimony meeting, somebody else got up and said, well, I guess this is the trend. And he started doing it. And it's like, wait a minute, we're not a bilingual ward. What's going on? And it's just really frustrating to me. But anyway, kind of a petty thing, but um you know, am, am I shedding the blood of the saints when I get frustrated with that? And I just keep thinking, I just need to give grace and mercy. And having lived in a bilingual ward and having lived out of the country and being in a ward that, you know, being on the other end of it in a Spanish speaking country, um, you know, I just, I need to put myself in their place anyway. Yeah. Kathy? <laughs> Um, I just wanted to say my probably the, my biggest takeaway from the book has been um, the descending to ascend like I just see it everywhere all the time and it completely like has made me see everything different and like how like I see it everywhere like a bow and arrow like you have to pull it back to get it to go forward and like I just see it everywhere. And that's probably been my biggest takeaway for having like more understanding for people and for myself and even for our savior, how he even had to descend to ascend. And like just the pattern of all of it has been the biggest takeaway for me. I, I love it. And it, it, the whole, it just makes sense. So it makes my world seem, make sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. It just makes sense now. Everything clicks. And, and with that, I can only imagine what knowledge and wisdom is coming next, <laughs> because this is like, totally rocked my world and reshaped my, my paradigm. But, you know, the, the Lord keeps flooding with information and insights. And <laughs> super fun. Well, I, I think with that, we'll, we'll close. Um, just kind of real quick looking at our kind of future as we go through the Isaiah chapters. Um, the website that I highly recommend is Isaiah Explorer. Let me copy and paste that real quick in here and then share it. I think I already kind of went through an overview of it, but um, it, it's a super helpful tool to look at the verses and their patterns, the uh, word links, etc. that Avraham always mentions, uh, to actually read the commentaries on each verse. Um, very helpful tool. And uh, next week, we'll be starting with chapters one through three. Um, we might have a bigger Wednesday group because me and my mom are going to be busy on Sunday. And so 
we are not going to hold class next Sunday. And so some of those might be coming over into the Wednesday group. But other than that, um, chapters one through three next week, and then um, uh, following that chart in, let me pull that one up as well, this chart of our study. Uh, we're going to be going along the bifid structure or uh, also known as the, the seven part structure of Isaiah. Um, it's found in Isaiah decoded page, what did I say, 18, I think. Yes, page 18. Um, this chart corresponds with, with that chart there. Um, I've emailed that out. And if you want text reminders, make sure that I get your phone number and get you signed up on the Remind app so that I can send out those reading assignments each week if you'd like those. Um, but yeah, any questions moving forward? Um, you're more than welcome to invite whoever you'd like uh, for the, the study of Isaiah. Um, we have a few more that uh, have said that they were wanting to, to join. So we'll, we'll see uh, how that pans out. But um, yeah, feel free to invite. So we're using that website. I'm just wondering which translation of Isaiah. Are we using the King James Version? Or are we using? Uh -huh. So mostly in class, we'll be using the King James Version and okay. uh, Abraham Gileadi's Version. The Isaiah or okay. Hebraeus Press, I believe is what he's termed mm -hmm. it. Um, we will be studying um, uh, different insights if anybody has them from all of the different translations. Those are more than welcome. And on that Isaiah Explorer, it has all of the different translations of the Bible on there so that you can go through and um, compare them side by side. But but yes, for, for what we're doing, King James, because everyone's fairly familiar with King James, can trust it versus the Isaiah Institute. So if we're, I didn't get a reminder tonight, but I usually do. So if we're already getting one, do we need to sign up again or? No, yeah, okay. and I just, I totally spaced it tonight. <laughs> but yes, if you're already have been getting those, um, then then no need, I'll, I'll keep sending those out for, for those different groups. But yeah. All right. Well, I'm kind of sad, even though we're still doing another book. I'm kind of sad, but oh, I just love being with you guys. And I look forward to every Wednesday night. And I just want to tell you how much I love it that last Wednesday was our 32nd anniversary. And my husband got me home in time to come to book club. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, I look forward to all of our class times and stuff. And, and it is it's like family. Fun. It's just kind of a priority. I, I, <laughs> some people are like, oh, you're spending way too much time on, on all of these strangers. And I'm like, um, have you met my friends? They're awesome. So <laughs> it's better than spending all your time on Netflix, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Thank yeah. you, Cameron. And thanks your mom also. I love her comments. <laughs> I know. I kind of dragged her into this whole thing. She's like, why are we having study groups and all this stuff? <laughs> She, she got hooked. We're up. so thankful. We're so thankful. Thank you so much. <laughs> so, all right. Well, we'll see everyone next week for chapters one through three. <laughs> Bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye.